Mr. Bloodbuster, the king of movie review podcasts. I'm Blues Mitch. I'm R&B Max. And today, we're looking at Elvis and Priscilla. Thank you. Thank you very much. your Elvis Presley impression is it not good I'll let the listeners decide that one gratitude it just kind of sounds like I'm doing um a, a weird Nick Cage honestly I'm the ghost rider I I don't know what it sounds like it, it it's not like southern enough I was in a dream scenario is <laughs> it it's more southern and drooly and normal. I like to groom young women. How is that? Yeah, that that's better. That sounds more right. Yeah. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week, where our theme is single word titled films that either center on or at least heavily involve Elvis Presley, king of rock and roll, and also a pedophile. I'm really excited for this episode. Um, because not only do I not give a shit about Elvis and his music, um, I also don't like Baz Luhrmann. Sofia Coppola, on the other hand, I've seen two of her movies. I'll discuss my thoughts on one of them later on, but, uh, I don't know. Wait, wait, Max, how, how familiar are you with Sofia Coppola's, uh, filmography? Um, I'm familiar with it in that I've heard of most of the films. Um, that's good. That's um, that's about as familiar as I've got with them. Um, I'm not I'm not gonna lie. Oh, okay. Sorry, uh, Zencast just basically froze. I could still hear, but the timer wasn't going up, and both you and I were frozen, so I was freaking out a little bit there. Okay, but we seem to be good now. Okay, okay. Um, cool. We're having, a, I think, one of us is internet, and I'm gonna be a dick and blame it on Max because I think my internet's fine. It's it's probably I, my internet. It's often bad. Yeah. Yeah, uh, is a bit, bit iffy, so we're going to do the best we can. I think we're fine, but look, we're sorry for any um, thing. I don't know why I'm asking you about Sofia Coppola's filmography right now, because that's a perfect topic to talk about when we actually talk about the movie. Um, so, I mean, look, but I guess we could just talk about Elvis right now. Max, thoughts on Elvis? Um, I mean, I grew up appreciating uh his music and then learned things about uh the way that he acted in society and then maybe had a little bit more respect for uh the um musicians that sort of heavily influenced him mm. i say that with equids mm. 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 well i think that's a good starting point or a good jumping off point for us to jump into or dive into jumping off point to dive into there we go got my metaphor down simile whatever i didn't say like it wouldn't be a simile um Got the metaphor down. Uh, we're gonna dive into some some Elvis and Priscilla. El- Elvis spoilers. 
for this also we've really only we've done a lot of like real life movies we've done like two blocks we've done we did a block of animated films we did four animated films back to back now we've done a block of biopics hollywood loves a biopic but do i the answer is no i'm getting sick of them they're pissing me off i'm going but let's let's get Elvis, hold on, hold on, Elvis. How's that, Elvis? I'm Elvis Presley. I don't, I don't know if that's helping. Is it getting better or worse, or just kind of staying on the same field? It's like a similar level of bad, but different. Mm. Is it still recognizable though? That's all I care about. Um, can I tell that you're attempting to do an Elvis impression? Yeah, can you? Well, that's all I need. I I just need people to know that's what I'm attempting. I don't need to be good. Anyway, directed by Australia's own Baz Luhrmann and released in 2022, it stars Tom Hanks, Austin Butler, Olivia De Jong, Australia's own Richard Roxburgh, and Australia's own David Wynnum. Max, what is Elvis about? Uh, Elvis is about the rise and fall of the acclaimed rock star Elvis Presley. Uh, Elvis Aaron Presley, as the film uh, lets you know in its closing credits. Yeah, um, that kind of came out of nowhere. Yeah, <laughs> is it, his middle name's Aaron. Okay, um, it doesn't match the rest of his name, right? Yeah, like, I mean, I guess like there's also just a sort of reverence to his name now as well, just because of the like place that he has in like music history. Mm. But um, yeah, it's obviously it's this is a this is a biopic or biopic depending on how you want to pronounce it about um basically Elvis Presley uh getting discovered by um his manager um Colonel Tom Baker Hanks damn it it's not Tom Hanks Colonel, but it Colonel is, Tom it, Hanks <laughs> it's it's I I always, I keep thinking that it's wrong. Because uh, t- Colonel Tom Parker, not Barker, because that's a doc- that's a guy who played Doctor Who. Um, Tom, Tom Tom Baker. Tom Baker, Tom Baker played Doctor Tom Who. Tom Barker did not play Doctor Who. Tom I don't Barker know who Tom did Barker not play Doctor. Is. is Tom Barker a person? Uh well, you seem to believe he is. So I'm. Tom Barker on- is a trade unionist. Oh, is that a good thing or a bad thing? He was a New Zealand tram conductor, trade that's unionist, cool. and socialist. I like trams. Um, do, I, do I like trams? And he, he was born in the UK and died in London, Canada. Um, oh. Anyway, we're not talking about Tom Barker or Tom Baker. We're talking about Colonel Tom Parker, who uh, was a illegal Dutch immigrant who... Um, was that the accent? Sorry. Okay. So I did a little bit of. So Tom Parker is um, Elvis's manager, and, and it's the film is through his perspective of um, the rise and fall of Elvis, pretty much. But circling back to your question, um, was Tom Hanks's accent the accent, the accent that the guy was meant to have? The answer is Dutch? no. <laughs> um, okay, great. So, it sounded shit. So, so, so I. We, me and my partner were watching the film, uh, me and Mr. Manager, and um, 
there were a couple of bits where we were kind of like, oh, surely this did not happen the way it did in real life. So we pulled up, as you do, a list of inconsistencies between the real life and the and the movie. Um, and one of the things uh, that it noted was um, that uh, Tom Parker uh, didn't have a particularly strong Dutch accent and many people who, or people who, knew Elvis and knew him who saw this movie commented on the fact that Tom Hanks's accent is really strong and not like Tom Parker's was in real life. Mm. 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 It was also, so I turned around, uh, I got to actually explain how I watched this movie a little bit because it's a bit of a story. I've had a really busy week this week. It's just kind of a lot of things came together at once that, you know, just life happens. I'm sure I'm sure you've you've experienced something similar to this. Just just life happens and and you kind of just run out of time to do the stuff that you need to be done because more pressing and random stuff that you couldn't plan for appeared. You you, you feel me so far? I can't see your face. It's hidden behind a mic. Yes. Cool, I also great. felt this way this week. I just oh this week specifically. I wasn't saying specifically this no, week. No, I've, I I've also felt very busy this week. Well, there a lot of it's been um my own fault because I've double booked things by accident. Mm, okay, well I'm I, I don't know if this was my fault or not, but just stuff kind of happened and I had to do it. So I didn't have the luxury to kind of watch this movie just straight on. Um, I had to build a bunch of IKEA while watching this movie. Um. <laughs> probably the actual preferable way to watch this by the way uh it do, definitely doing like something has else. an extra level of engagement yeah like you know it's 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 the it's the tiktok trick of um the subway surface underneath the main video i i did the irl version of putting a subway surface screen underneath the big screen in that i was building shelves and a, two shelves and a desk uh just because we had to, because our living room was a mess and we had to, we just had to do it. It was like, just had to be done. Um, so I wasn't able to focus on this movie as much I would, as I generally would coupled by the fact that I don't like Baz Luhrmann as mentioned before. And I don't give a shit about Elvis Presley. Where was I going with this? Um, right Tom i turned around yeah 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 so i was not happy when i eventually finished making the uh the ikea and i had to actually watch the movie um which was the back about the back half or so i got to watch that uninterrupted maybe back quarter even i don't know anyway it's a long point movie. is it's a fucking long movie uh point is I turned around to my two roommates who were watching the last bit of the movie with me because we're eating dinner at this point and we'd both finished, we'd all finished the Ikea, blah, 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 blah. And I turned around to them and I said, Tom Hanks is a good actor, right? I didn't imagine that. Like he does good stuff. Yeah. I think he because, has done good stuff. Okay. I, I didn't imagine that. Good. Because this is a bad performance. This is also a bad movie. Um... This movie is stinky and doo-doo, and Tom Hanks is really bad. Austin Butler only just managed to get rid of the Elvis dialect or whatever, because he had to he just he just hired a dialect coach. Um Austin Butler, you you wasted a lot of time speaking like Elvis for a movie that did not deserve you putting that much effort into it. Also, Baz Luhrmann, you're a hack and I hate you. 
Australia disowns you. Get the fuck out. <laughs> so I've seen like three Baz Luhrmann movies. I've seen this. I've seen Juliet and the other one guy, Romeo. Uh, and Juliet I've seen and the one other guy. <laughs> I forgot his name. Okay, he's such a dickhead. Well, Leonardo DiCaprio is fine. Well, actually, no, he's not. But uh, it's not. That's not the problem. I just forgot his name. And uh, the greatest Gatsby. Um, right, the greatest of Gatsby's. Yeah, because of because you know there's more than one, right? And there's an issue mm. I have with at least I, I don't remember Romeo and Juliet that well. We watched it in vaguely in high school. I might not even watched all of it. I might just watch parts of it. Uh, but I know I've watched I've watched The Great Gatsby multiple times because it kept playing over and over again when I was traveling to and from America. Um, and it was in one of those planes that didn't give you your individual screen. You had to watch what everyone was watching. And it was The Great Gatsby and After Earth, which is the worst fucking double feature I've ever had in my life. Um, and I had that double feature multiple times, by the way. It, they kept playing that over and over again. In they only have so many flights. films they can put on the plane. They can put a different... Uh, why was I subject... I'm actually angry about After Earth than I am about The Great Gatsby. But point is, I watched The Great Gatsby like twice to three times going to and from America. I watched After Earth a similar amount of times. More times than that movie deserves. I don't like Baz Luhrmann's choice, and this is something that he does in this movie as well, to put modern music in very, very, very era-specific um, stories <laughs> with very obvious everything to make you believe that you're not watching something in a modern day. It just doesn't make sense. I don't get it. I don't understand what he's going to go for. I don't understand the point. It just irritates me. So I agree, but also disagree. Okay, um, sure. I, I agree. I think the way that the contemporary music gets used in this is quite strange, given that this is a biopic about a musician with a really large body of work. Mm. Um, and they do use a lot of his songs. Um, it seemed very strange to me that they were not only using his songs and then song or versions of songs that, um, he'd obviously ripped from, but then also spliced that with like either contemporary songs or songs that were written for the film that sampled his songs. Um, which I don't know. I, th I think that was a bit strange. Um, in terms of, the other two films that you were talking about, I think Romeo and Juliet sort of gets away with it just because it isn't as like time period. As, set. as mentioned, I was kind of keeping that one to the side a little bit. I, I also don't know um, if I've watched the full thing, but yeah. And um, the great Gatsby, I can sort of see it as getting away with a little bit of a stylistic no. choice, but no. in, in, in Elvis specifically, it's very, very strange given that it's a movie about a musician. Um, and it's not approached in the same way that say, um, Priscilla is, and we'll, I'm, have a feeling that we'll end up talking about this a bit later, but, um, they haven't gone and said, we're not going to do, do any of his songs. Um, they've sort of done this weird mishmash between songs that make sense to me in the film. And then songs that maybe Baz Luhrmann's gone. I, don't, I think this is a bop. <laughs> I saw 
there's this guy who's a bit insufferable on TikTok. I don't think he's specifically on TikTok, but I see a lot of his clips on TikTok. He's a, uh, what's the word? Interviewer. He interviews, um, you know, people who do movie, movies and shit like that. And he keeps posting all these times where he's asked really interesting and in-depth questions to directors and actors and i can appreciate that but just the way he talks really annoys me and that's just unfortunate for him i guess um but he did this one question for this movie when he he talked to baz Luhrmann and he asked him about the sweat slash hair uh consistency not like as in from shot to shot what's it called again um when you you keep something it's it's like you got to make sure something continuity hair and hair and sweat continuity between shots and he asked he asked bezler about this he's like look uh did like what it looks like you put a lot of effort into that and bezler was like you're the first person to ever i think this is why i don't like him because everyone just sucks his dick because he just asks like the one good question because they're used i, I just feel sorry i think i feel more feel sorry for the filmmakers because they keep getting asked the same question over and over again and this one guy comes in asks them interesting questions and that pisses me off that maybe i think i'm actually annoyed in media that's what i'm annoyed at not him just media in general but anyway point is <laughs> he asked this question about hair and sweat continuity baz Luhrmann got an erection sucked him off and was like hey yeah we did a, we did a lot of effort in making sure the hair and the sweat um was you know continuous between shot to shot and my thought while watching this was Oh yeah, I forgot they did that. Check it out. I don't care. I um, I didn't know they did that. I didn't know they did that. Yeah, it was very sweaty. You, a lot of the how film. How are you supposed to know? Was he counting sweat and hair follicles? Was he like, oh, there's three drops there when we go to the next shot? Still three drops. But I, I mean, slightly like, it, I think I would have noticed it if it was bad. Like if the hair was totally mm. different, shot to shot, maybe. But. Like, I don't know. Yeah, it's not something that I'm particularly pulling attention to. It's like, "Mm, yeah, sweat continuity. There's like a level of, like, I don't care, though. Obviously, it's don't do something stupid in in the sense of his hair is swept completely to the left. And then without us seeing him do something to it to make it go to the right, it's gone to the right in the next shot. Like, don't do something like that. But I'm willing to kind of let certain things go. It's movie making. I'm not expecting perfection. I'm expecting a fun time, which this movie doesn't give, by the way. This is not a fun time. This is really long. Tom Hanks. What happened to Tom Hanks in this movie? What did they do to him? What did they? What they did, gave him what the what trial led... prosthetics that uh, Daniel Aronofsky oh. used. <laughs> I thought you were going to say the trial prosthetics that um, Bradley Cooper used. <laughs> because that um. nose, that honker. <laughs> It's messed up. It's, I guess it's a mixture of it could have been both, right? Bradley it's, Cooper it's, stole the nerves and Darren Aronofsky stole the fat, the fat suit. Ah, <laughs> uh, it's yeah. I don't know. It's it's an inch. I I kind of get why they wanted. He wanted to frame it around the perspective of Elvis's manager, but at the same time, I feel like there's so much that this he's trying to say with this movie that any one thing sort of just gets lost. There's the Mm. sort of the storyline about the manager, um, which I think is interesting and that could like be a movie. And then there's a storyline about how 
um, Elvis Presley became famous and then like sort of um, did all these like Hollywood flops and then revitalized his career and all that sort of stuff. Um, mm. That's an interesting movie. And then there's the another movie, which is about how he either stole or was heavily influenced by um, uh, black music in the South um, and mm. like almost popularized that and popularized the dancing that was associated with that to build a brand for himself um, and how that sort of plays into like how we understand contemporary music and um, the like importance of like uh, black music in the rock and roll scene and mm. sort of the credit that that's not normally given. But instead of like really honing in on any one of those, he sort of just tries to smush it all into like one big package um, and then yeah. we'll, like add little details of other things on top. So um, you get your little details of um, what's happening with Priscilla and you get your little details of what's happening with um, like his dad and you get little details of what's happening with um, the like the managers who come and like help him stab Tom Hanks in the back. And it, yeah, it ends up feeling like bloated and sort of un. Cool. I've like lost you. Focused almost. I can't hear you. <laughs> Lamau, where'd you go? I think my internet's playing up. Uh, so we just had some technical difficulties. Technical difficulties there. Uh, Wasn't the, just us stumbling over our own words. It was the internet dropping out completely. Yeah, Max's internet shut itself. Um, so I missed the back end of his rant on how long this movie is and why it's so bloated i got the part where it's three there's like three to four different ideas so there's his rise to fame the story with the manager him uh stealing shit from black musicians and then i kind of lost you from there <laughs> yeah i mean like i just feel like each of those ideas could kind of be its own movie and this movie just tries to shove it all in together and then like add in all these extra details of these extra like side plots almost about um, what's going on and things like uh, what's happening with Priscilla and what's happening with like his drug addiction and what's happening with like Martin Luther King Jr. Yeah. I mean, look, it's just, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. The one thing that kept me going was Richard Roxborough. Uh, for those who don't know, he plays Rake in the Australian ABC show Rake. Oh no, well his name's not Rake. He plays the guy's the Rake though in that show. Have I lost you again? Are you disappearing? Yeah, you're going real crackly. Hello. It's like oh, it's, no. it's real crackly. Rake killed Max slash maybe his internet. <laughs> 
It's yeah. It's it's dropping in and out all over the place. Fuck me. Oh no, Rake killed your um, internet. <laughs> what do you want to do? Uh, what is there to do? Okay, uh, the third time lucky. Here we go. So we're not going to talk about this movie being elongated because the internet hates it. Um, it's Big Baz trying to silence us. Uh, he earns Richard the Roxburgh. Internet. Pun. He earns the internet. He does. Big Baz. He owns the N- NBN. <laughs> <laughs> Australian internet. Uh, but Richard Roxborough, he got me through this movie. I think that's what I was saying before we got cut off again. Uh, as, yeah, yeah, so he's he's in Rake. He plays the titular rakish man. Oh, I can already see the internet's dying. I can already see it's gone. Oh, no. Uh, are you cutting out for you? I can see your picture stop moving. <laughs> are you sure that's my picture and not just me? Mm, it's gone real fuzzy all right we'll just keep we'll, we'll power through we'll power through all right uh he's in rake i like him a lot he's going to be in the dry to the wet well he's in it um and we'll talk about him more in that uh i don't know also david Wenham's in this which i didn't even realize he's um he plays faramir in what's it called that the, i love that series and i've forgotten his name Come on, you've what? Oh, you haven't watched Lord of the Rings. Fuck, you haven't watched it, have you? (laughs) Oh, I I keep forgetting that you haven't seen Lord of the Rings, and it pisses me off every time I remember. Um, we're doing it on the podcast, by the way. Whether it's like a normal episode or a bonus episode, we're doing you doing. We're doing you watching Lord of the Rings. (laughs) Um, but anyway, point is, the two Australian actors in this. I didn't even realize one of the ones in here. Uh, Richard Roxborough, love you. Best part about this film, I don't recall what we've talked about at this point. I don't recall um, what is left to say beyond Austin Butler. What did you actually think about Austin Butler's performance? Because it was the big thing, right? Um, it's very yeah. Before, I don't know. You, before you give your opinion, kind of just quickly, sorry. It feels very Freddie Mercury slash. Rami Malik. It's the exact same performance to me, except just a different person. You know what I mean? It's like it's just an impersonation. Yeah, I kind of, I get, I sort of get that. Yeah, it doesn't feel like super authentic. Um, and yeah, I guess there's like a kind of element to where you go, like, is that is that meant to be Elvis Presley? Really? Um, which isn't amazing. Um, but I think for the most part, he like has the right energy for the performance. Um, a lot of the time it's like, and I think the same can be said about Rami Malek and Bohemian Rhapsody actually is, um, that it's a really high energy, uh, movie because a lot of the scenes revolve around these really big musical numbers that are like really quite powerful and, um, energetic and um, Austin Butler like pulls that off quite well and has sort of like an almost stage presence aspect to him. Um, but I feel like mm. in some of the more intimate scenes, it comes off as a bit strange. Um, and then also just the I, I find that I find the um, method acting voice coach 
nonsense, all a bit silly. Um, and especially compared to the fact that, um, what, what we see in, in Priscilla as well. Um, yeah, (laughs) just, it feels a bit over the top. Um, uh, also like for any performance, but like like, for this one specifically, Austin Butler's on about, um, but I think for the most part, it was a good performance. Um, I agree with you about Tom Hanks. I think it's a strange casting choice and he doesn't have the right sort of sliminess that um, is kind of needed almost. Um, He's America's sweetheart. You can't cast him as a slimy little grease ball. <laughs> I, he's like the sweetest man alive. He's Woody for fuck's sake. He can't be a, a, a slimy little Dutch guy being like, "I want to suck your 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 money blood, Austin." But I mean, Elvis. I am the snowman. I I I know what's best for you. Does no one care about security? Security. I'm the only one. What a dumb scene. What a dumb thing. I mean, I get that's like meant to be like real life, but it's just bad. I I I want to quickly touch on because we're going to be talking about this a lot, and I think it's important. I think this is kind of one of the reasons why we did this movie along with Priscilla's because we wanted to do kind of a comparison between how they represent the same relationship and the same mm. people. I don't know if they missed this, but they really don't touch on Priscilla's age gap, right? In this movie, they, like they don't. There's one line that's I think yeah. a a radio announcer or a TV announcer over a quick montage where it says that sure. she's his teenage sweetheart, and I think that's as close as we get to the fact that they have an age gap of ten years. Um, and she was 15 when they and first she was, met, and then she 17 when they eventually got together. She was 14, was 14 when they first met. Crap. Oh, man. I, I, I thought it was 15. I was giving him an extra year, and it still was bad, even though I did that. Point is that, that the relationship was really weird in this, especially since I don't know what order you watched them in, but I definitely watched it Priscilla first, then Elvis. No, I did the same. I did the same. And it definitely has a different like context yeah. to it. Yeah, because you get you get the scene that struck out to me the most is the scene where Priscilla leaves him. Because you get that mm. scene, we get that scene twice basically. We get that once mm. in Priscilla and once in Elvis. And in Elvis, it's really emotional, it's really intense, and they're both like clearly stood in love with each other. But his love for the stage and his necessity, blah blah blah, whatever. You get the idea. Anyway, and she le- she's like forced to leave, and she's like, "You have to let me go." And then in Priscilla, she's like, "I'm leaving you." Because you're a garbage human being. And he's like, oh, I'm high. And he's like, he takes a nap immediately afterwards. There's, there's um, it's interesting because they use the same line, and I assume it's a line from somewhere, which is, um, if I stay, if I stay now, I'll never leave. Um, in that scene. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. which I found really interesting because they use it in a very different way. Because in, um, Priscilla, she kind of almost pities him, whereas in Elvis, 
she's still in love with him um and trying to force herself to move on um yeah you looked at you want to say something hi can you hear me Mitchell can you hear me where are you we got some work to do now hey guys max and mitch are back from uh, a hiatus of one day because max's internet decided to kill itself in a, in a need to regain its honor and it looks like um, it's actually killing itself again um i what no don't say <laughs> your, that your 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 image has immediately gone 10 times fuzzier than it was before oh, oh boy no I, I suggested to my uh housemates today what if we increase the internet speed and i got and? the response um why i thought the internet was fine no no the answer is no but all right uh so in classic us vein we're just gonna say fuck it and give you our scores now because we couldn't we, we figured we figured we spoke enough about elvis last night and everything that would is interesting we're gonna bring up in priscilla as well so we might as well just wait till priscilla to talk about the rest of it so we're just gonna give our scores now uh i'm gonna go first i'm giving elvis to thank you thank you very much out of five i gave Elvis, two LPs, and a Christmas album out of five. Oh, I was like trying to work it out. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, cool. Because it's like two like full albums and then like a no, Christmas I, album. No, I get it. Yeah. Is a Christmas album not a full album? Well, they can be, but like it's also not like the, the whole point of that whole segment of the movie is that a Christmas album is not real music. Hmm. I'm going to be real with you. I think I was still building Ikea at that point. <laughs> it's like a decent chunk into the movie. Yeah, I think I lied <laughs> earlier when I said I watched half the movie. I think it may be more looking at three quarters. <laughs> oh, I mean, one quarter, whatever. Hey! I need to get in character. <laughs> and cough. All right. <clears throat> It's me, Elvis, here to introduce Max and Mitch's Mini Media. I did guitar riffs like that when I was alive. And finger... Um, I think I should go first this week. I think I haven't okay. gone first in a while. Um, yeah, you go. I, think I, believe I, in, I believe in you, Mitchell. I keep forgetting whose turn it is. And when I don't know whose turn it is, I defer to you because I don't want to take over from you. But I think... Yeah. So this week, um, I've I I I started playing Cyberpunk 2077 again. Wake the fuck up, samurai. We have a city to burn. But I'm not gonna review that. I'll wait until I play a bit more of it before I do that. Uh, so I'm gonna talk about the sandwich place that I've been going to for lunch quite a bit at work. Hell yeah, I love sandwiches. Uh, so if you live in Melbourne, you probably have heard of this place because it's kind of a chain. It's called Souls. Uh, you may have even heard of it, Max. I I have heard of it. I actually have mm. a funny story, but let, let, I'll let you finish first. Let me do this and then tell your funny story because I am excited to hear that. But 
it's yeah. So I go to Souls every day. I work in the city. Uh, I work around Melbourne Central. That's as good as you're gonna get as for where I work. Uh, that's a big area, so I'm I'm not worried. Most of you don't know what I look like as well, so we should be fine. Uh, and so yeah, I work near Melbourne Central, and there is a Souls near Melbourne Central uh, in the QV area. So I have a bit of a walk, go to there, grab some food or doodle. And it is yummo. I like the deli cold cuts the most, but I'm also partial to a palm chicken palm sandwich. Uh, oh, I've grabbed chicken palm sandwich. It's good. It's good. I've grabbed the tuna melt a couple of times as well. Uh, what's important to note though is that in I've I've come indoctrinated everyone else in my office to come with me to Seoul so it's usually just a big group of us going to get this one sandwich place but we also found out that one of us in the office has an insane policy on cheese um Max I'm gonna give you some combinations right here right now for a sandwich and I want you to tell me yay or nay Okay. 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 These this this isn't exclusive, by the way. There can be other things on the sandwich, but it's just like these two specific ingredients on a sandwich. Any okay. any sandwich. Okay. So you can imagine other stuff to make the sandwich work better for you. But yeah, just this is like the, the core has, of the sandwich. Yeah, exactly. Okay. What have I what have I told you? Uh ch- chicken and cheese. Yeah, I, I like chicken yeah. and cheese. Mm, no, a perfectly fine combination, most would say. Even good, some would say. Well, I mean, uh, we're just talking about chicken palm. Like chi- like Chicken oh, palm exactly. Sander, you know. Yeah, you it, exactly. You have a palm sandwich. You got a chicken and cheese sandwich right there. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I'm talking some salami and cheese. Yeah, classic. Classic. Yeah, I think yeah, it's you, just you, like you know, you have a little bit of like cured meat, a little mm-hmm. bit of a, any a cured meat, cheese. really. Yeah, yeah, and that just yeah. it makes us it makes the sandwich just that little bit better. Just gives it that zazzle. Yeah. Uh, you gotta have the cheese. Cheese. Uh, I'm trying to think what else. But the point I'm going to make here is that one of my my workmates believes that these are abominable combinations on a sandwich. These are not what you should be putting on a sandwich. So then, what goes on the sandwich if you don't put cheese on the sandwich? No cheese. But then you just got like cheeseless sandwich. That's like a sad existence. And I'm lactose intolerant. Yeah, listen, I don't trust their judgment when it comes to food. <laughs> um, All I'm saying is I disagree with uh, this. And I, I just felt it was necessary to point out that there are psychopaths who walk amongst us and you need to be careful. Yeah, there are people who don't like cheese and uh, it's scary. Yeah, he has nothing against cheese. Like he even turned around and he said he would have he he has cheese, but give him a chicken like a chicken burger. No cheese. No cheese on that chicken burger. Apparently abys- abys- abysmal so, combination. Like, what, what about like uh I'm thinking like a creamy chicken pasta sauce. See, I feel like it's the bread that's the issue. Like the sandwich part of the sandwich, if you know what I mean. But like, how does the sandwich negate the cheese? The bread. How does know. the bread negate the cheese? I don't know, dude. I'm just here. I I'm just the messenger. Uh, I don't know. 
how it works. But anyway, uh, also I highly recommend Sol's uh, fried pickle chips. Pretty I'll, young. I love I love pickle chips. Pretty freaking. I've this place down down the street from me that does pickle chips. Wait, where? No, wait, no. don't say it on air. But it's 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 a it's a it's on. Um, don't don't say that. Don't I, don't. I, I can say it's on a That's like a many. There are many streets named. Also, we you, said we live close to the um that one. I'm they'll forget. I'm hoping they'll forget, and we can delocalize ourselves. <laughs> anyway, um, what's the funny story that you um, had about? So souls? the first time I encountered a, a, a souls um sandwich shop, I was at uni. I was um working on my final year film and mm. i had a bunch of people who um some of whom i did not know at all um and we decided to get lunch and someone suggested that we go uh to the sandwich shop i think i ended up getting a banh mi because banh mi is like top top three sandwiches despite the souls no not at so it was like oh. at, a, at a not at a different place that made okay. banh mi Sorry, I was confused because. No, but yeah, um, we were there with a with a good friend of mine, and we walked into the store. And the first thing I thought was, uh, not knowing anything about Breaking Bad, mind you, um, God. was is this? I said to I went over and I said to someone, "Is this based on like Better Call Saul from Breaking mm. Bad?" Mm. Um, their answer was no. <laughs> <laughs> it's sort of like similarly styled because it's of the same era yeah look and that's uh, it there, there's become a running joke in the office that getting a sandwich from souls is part of your constitutional right because there's that meme where you know there's that where soul soul goes did you know you have rights hi i'm saul goodman did you know that you have rights the constitution says you do constitutional rights and I once just kind of as a bit was like, did you know you have a constitutional right to a sandwich? And and now we're just like, are you going to invoke your constitutional right? Means are we going to go to Souls today? Uh, yeah, nice. I think it's cute. It's just cute and funny. Like, it's obviously not laugh out loud funny, but it's just like, you know, the, the office is bonding. We have a fun time. Um, but no, my, one of my friends who um, had come across the city um, to do some voice recording for us, Oh yes. Um, walked into this souls in in um on Glenferry Road, um opposite mm-hmm. Swinburne, if if Classic. if people are familiar with where that is, um, and ran into someone that he knew from musical theater. Oh um, no. And That's then the I worst. was I was standing there going like I A have just made myself look like the stupidest dum dum <laughs> because I'm like, yeah, it's the breaking bad, right? And then also now I'm standing there listening to um, my friend who I'm with have a conversation with a guy I've never met mm. who is making sandwiches at the same time. <laughs> so really my, the, the moral here is that my uh, relationship with souls is, is one of true embarrassment. It's strained at best. <laughs> Uh, that is a horrible way to introduce just old, but I reckon, look, honestly, 
guaranteed there are better sandwich places out there better places that aren't you know chains that are all around you know anything that's a chain already runs the risk of being shit in comparison to a place that isn't a chain but they're nice and they're fun and yes they're overpriced but i enjoy it um i give it four sandwiches out of five which is about as many as i eat in a week at <laughs> so that's, a lot like, of, that's a lot of sandwiches i go pretty often that's I like do. I know they're not cheap sandwiches either. They're like not. that's expensive lunch. I'm what you would call bad at money. <laughs> um, actually, today we went to Sal's, which is a pizza place, and we get very oh, confused. Oh no, I know though. Sal's. I know Sal's. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They do like authentic New York like pizza. New York so it's pizza massive. by the slice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah um, and so we're like, let's go to Sal's. Souls, fuck, whatever. We can't. Sometimes, if we're talking about Sal's, we don't. We sometimes switch to Souls. If we're talking about Souls, we're fine because we're used to Souls. Anyway, it's not that funny. But anyway, uh, Max, what's your mini media for this week? Um, my mini menu for this week is in anticipation for my mini media for next week. Um, and that. Oh shit. I know. Um, oh, that's, I know what your mini media for next week is. That's no, I know always what it really is. dangerous. I'm not going to spoil what my mini media is for next week, but you can no, probably guess by the is. context clues. Um, I know what it is. But this week, even say anything. I indulged myself, um, and um, in my spare time, I decided why should why uh, why wouldn't I? That's the worst phrasing. I should. <laughs> Why wouldn't catch I? Catch up on. Why wouldn't I catch the sto- up on? The story of of a game that I very much like, and that is Magic the Gathering. Oh, I was going to um, make it funny, my, but you beat me to it. Oh, sorry. Um, I, I um, this week read the, uh, I think it's five chapters, five or six chapters of the Magic the Gathering Wilds of Eldraine storyline. Um, I talked about the set a f- few months ago on the podcast i think but it's sort of just like they release story um chapters in lead up to the sets coming out and i read it for a bit um last year when some of the other sets were coming out last year and um like it's fun it's not amazing a lot of the time like it's never gonna be well things grand grand literature and Lord of the Rings. Um, each of the each of the story chapters are written by different people so you get sometimes a bit of weird stylistic like dissonance Based. but um it's fun it gives more context to the like characters and stuff um and then you get to go oh who's that guy again and then you t- open a new tab and you go this character magic the gathering and then you it picks up a card and it's like oh yeah i remember that card and then you go back to the story and then you <sighs> keep reading and they go like oh yeah and it's a magical sword of ice that's as big as this person i'm like is that a is that a card in magic the gathering and then you look it up and it's not and you go that's a weird detail to include in the story if it's not a card um my food's here be right back <laughs> okay before you continue, shout out to places that put your drink in a different bag to the hot thing when Hell they deliver yeah. it. <laughs> Please continue talking about Magic the Gathering now. I mean, that was mostly it. It was like, I'm, like, I'm not going to go into detail in the story because there's not a lot of detail to go into, but it's fun and I enjoy it. And um, it's 
yeah, kind of a good little time killer and lets me revel in the world a bit. While I'm glad that you've been doing this, I really think you should spend that time reading comics so we can talk comics. Look, um, without putting my professional life at risk, I'll just say reading material on the web is a lot easier than reading material on uh, an external device. Surely we, the Marvel and DC app are runnable on your desktop. Um, they have web browsers and they're bad. I've used them before and they're bad. Um, well, the apps aren't that good either, though. <laughs> but like they're worse than the apps. Oh, that's bad. That is bad. It's really bad. But like, really I would never do anything place. that puts my professional life at risk. No, never. No. Also, they've really stapled this bag close. That's why you hear a lot of rustling. All right, just put it right up to the mic and like give it a big rip. Oh, fuck. <laughs> I ripped off the receipt. Yes! Food. You just rip the bag like off. You told me to. I, I told you to rip it open. I didn't say like well, rip didn't, the half the bag off. It didn't open. It just ripped. What'd you, what'd you get? Uh, 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 loaded popcorn chicken. Oh, yum. From fat, fried and tasty. Yeah, on, uh, in Actually, actually might, I might not start eating it, but I am going to open my peppers. Ah. Oh. Classic. Oh, let, me, let me take a sip. Now you know you know who else loved peppers. Jacob Elordi. I was gonna say Elvis Presley, and then segue into the movie. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> Woo, Priscilla! Directed by. I mean, I actually probably shouldn't come into this movie with that energy. Um, ah, <laughs> uh, Priscilla. Directed by Sofia Coppola and released in 2023. I promise. When they start coming out in Australia, we'll do 2024 releases. I Just swear give us we to will. Like March. Uh, so, just quickly, I, I wanted to talk about this, especially since we're going to do an announcement at the end of this episode to discuss a special thing that involves this heavily. Australia got fucked this slash last year um, in releases, in that anything that came out at the end of last year that wasn't a huge blockbuster release is being released now, basically, uh, through. Uh, October? We're not in October. In January, through January and February. So and the start of March. And the start of March as well. So we're catching up. We're sorry. That's why a lot of big movies have gone unspoken. That's why we're just doing Priscilla now. And what was the other movie? Oh, I guess that would be it. Wish. I mean, we talked. We we did Ferrari, and we did. Oh yeah, Ferrari's been out for ages in the states um, as well. Wish. I mean, Wish came out. And we did it a few weeks later, but that was our own fault. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, true. But also nothing else had come out because we're still waiting for the 2023 releases to come out. So yeah, that's why we're so behind. It's not because we're stupid. We are stupid, but it's not our fault this time. Uh, it's not our fault we're stupid. Sorry, we're stupid, but it's not because of that this has happened. <laughs> our stupidity is not to blame. Anyway, so that's why we're still doing 2023 releases now. Also, I'm sure you're all aware that like nothing's really released except for Mean Girls anyway. 
So let's continue. Uh, so yeah, 2023 release. Uh, it stars Kaylee Spaney, uh, Australia's own. Oh, I wrote Jacob Alordi. <laughs> Jacob. 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 Australia's own Jacob Alordi. Ja- Jacob. Jacob. The Jacobs. When there's like the royalists in the French Revolution, the Jacobis. We've both no, played Assassin's Creed Unity. The yeah, no. What? Okay, now I'm thinking of the like religious sect of like. I'm not thinking of the Jewish people. Jews, the Maccabees, but that's different. Yeah. Wait, hold on. J A C O B I. No, and you're thinking of the Jacobin. I don't think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like Jacobins. Oh, Jacobin. Fuck. I was close. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's it's a it was a political movement in from the Jacobin Club or the Jacobin Club. Which is <sighs> during the French Revolution between the I so. love that revolution. We've yeah. talked so much about that revolution. It's we'll come back to it eventually. Revolution. Anyway, I had um, lots of things that dovetailed at the same time. Tim Post, Lynn Griffin, and Ari Cohen. Max, what's Priscilla about? Is it, is it Ari or Ari? I guess it's Ariaster, isn't it? Ari Cohen. Um, Priscilla, much like Elvis, uh, is a biopic of um, the... Is a biopic... <laughs> you got biopic... quiet as I was drinking, and so I thought you were just shocked by how much I was drinking, but then I looked at you and you were just staring off into the distance. Um... It's a biopic of Priscilla Presley um, and her relationship with Elvis from when he met her in Germany in, uh, I think it's 1959. Were they in Germany? Yeah, they met in West Germany. I thought it was Texas. No. Man, I think I might have sleepwalked through these movies, man. I oh definitely paid God. attention during this one, though. I was not making a Kia during this one. I was in a, I was in a cinema. <laughs> um, <coughs> from when they meet in uh, Germany in 1959, um, until uh, she divorces him in 1973. Um, but rather, instead, in rather in focus on. Elvis Presley, um, the focus is on Priscilla and the way that uh, she interacted with Elvis, especially given that she met him at the age of 14 when he was 10 years older at the age of 24. Do you want me to say something now? Sounds like yeah, can you say something now? Then break okay. the awkward silence. <laughs> sure. Um, I didn't know you were done. Okay, so... This movie's a lot better than the last one. Uh, immediately, straight up, just uh, a better, a more interestingly made film, better acting. The uh, the the Elvis in this is better. We don't deal with a Tom Hanks hitch. Uh, the the Colonel's mentioned like three times, and that's pretty much it because that's not the point of this movie. Uh, this movie is real fucking odd to watch because it makes you not feel bad, but you definitely do not feel good. Uh, oh, no, you do feel bad. I lied. Um, but not as bad as you could. It's not like Promising Young Woman levels of bad. It's just like, 
oh, this is really uncomfortable. I guess that's promising young woman. What am I trying to say right now? I don't think it's as misery pornery as it could have been. I guess is what I'm trying to say. It's not like Australian. It wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't an Australian <laughs> film. I mean, it started in Australian, but it wasn't an Australian film. It like it. It's not like just watch this woman suffer. It's a lot more like check this out. She went through a lot of shit, but she managed to get through and move away. Like it, it's more of like a success story at the end of her being able to leave her shit house relationship. But we get to see what she's running away from before that. Um, well, not running away. Running away is the wrong word. It makes it sound like she was cowardly. She wasn't cowardly. She was very strong. Um, point is, I like. I mean, I like it. I I didn't love it. Um, did you? <laughs> it was a movie where I could sort of like I could respect where it was coming from, and I think there's a lot of good technical work in terms of filmmaking and story um but when like push comes to shove i don't want to say that i like this movie mm. um it, it yeah it's it's one of those movies where i'm i'm very happy to say i'm i'm willing to give it like i'm willing to sing its praises uh but uh i yeah i don't know whether i would say i personally enjoyed this movie that's so fair. So, if I remember correctly, yesterday we were going to talk about both our relationships to Sofia Coppola's filmography, and then I cut us off because I said it'd be smarter if we did that in when we're talking actually about Priscilla. Is that correct? I did that yesterday. I I don't remember a lot. I was yeah, mostly thinking about the internet dropping out. A wonderful thing to think about because it was indeed dropping out. Not wonderful. Topical is more the word I should have gone for. Anyway, so how much of Sofia Coppola's work have you actually ingested? Um, I don't know if I have seen any of her other work. Mm. Mm. I don't think. So you hate women is what you're telling me. That's Yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. Mm. You don't think they should be behind the camera? Um, yep, that's, yeah. that's mm. exactly the words mm. that came out of my mouth. Yeah, I look bad jerk. Um, to be fair, I don't think I've seen a Francis Ford Coppola movie either. Oh, you haven't seen? I thought you'd seen. Uh, no, nah, you have. I know exact. I know one you have. I know guaranteed. We reviewed it. Uh, it was um. It's Dracula. Was it Dracula? It was Dracula. Yeah, we we reviewed Dracula. I can't believe you'd forget that. Well then, look look at it this way. I've watched as many Sofia Coppola films as I've watched Francis Ford Coppola films. Oh, feminism solved there. Equality, right there. Equality. <laughs> I've watched nothing. Um, I'm going to be real honest. I prefer Francis Ford Coppola to Sofia Coppola, and that's simply because he did The Godfather and The Godfather Part Two, and those are, I think, one of the few movies that deserve to be as well praised as they are. I know that it's a meme to laugh at them right now, especially because Barbie made it funny for men to enjoy that film. And I agree it is funny, but they are actually good. Like there's a reason why they've stood the test of time and the way that they have. And there is a reason why you can meme on them in this way. And it's because it's good. It's just straight up good filmmaking. You don't have to like it. 
but you have to appreciate what went behind them. This movie, kind of the same diff, actually. You don't have to like it, but you got to appreciate a lot of the skill and talent that went into making this movie. It And this is a kind of, I think this is touching on what you were saying in that on, a, on an academic level, this is a really good movie. Just, it's rough because you're not having a lot of fun. Um, it, it's very contained, uh, which is not a bad thing per se, but it's certainly a factor that will affect your enjoyment. I, I don't know whether, like, for me, it's that it wasn't like fun or it wasn't it was too contained or something like that just 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 to clarify i don't think this should have been fun and not contained either i think this is a movie that wasn't needing to be fun i don't want that to come across in what i've just said but please continue Um, sorry yeah i guess like i sort of walked out of the cinema after watching this film and when i just felt like it was missing something and i couldn't quite put my finger on it a je ne sais quoi um, per se yeah um it's got all the makings of what should make a good film mm. and for the most part it does that very very well and it um plays with your emotions in the right way and it makes you think about the fact that um this is inherently a predatory relationship despite um uh, I guess the way that it was perceived in public, um, there's, and the way that approaches that is interesting and nuanced, mm. but at the same time, I feel like it's so heavily reliant on context in terms of um, even things as simple as like the m- way the music was constructed around the film was quite reliant on knowing about that already. And I feel like do you, I do missed you mind if I a step lot. In? Do you mind if I step in for yeah. just that comment? They were not given the right to use any Elvis Presley music for this movie. I, I know. Okay. I think that's, but I don't know if the audience knew that. Oh. It's more, it's because you may, like you've, you, I think you might've said that a little bit earlier as well or something. Not, not like when I said a little bit earlier, I mean like yesterday, mm-hmm. maybe. I think it's important to point out the Elvis estate did not let them use any Elvis music. So that was a creative limit they had to work around while dealing with this topic. Um, Which I think they did pretty well with. No, I, I think yeah. they did really well, but um, I, it, there's like little things like that where if you sort of have a little bit more context, it has a little bit more weight behind it. Yeah. And it just felt like there wasn't enough in the film itself to have that really like gut-wrenching punch than it needed um and did it i feel like it did i feel like it was just missing that just like weight to it almost i felt kind of numb to a lot of it and i feel like there's it all works and it all makes a good film but i don't think at any point beyond the initial reaction to like this relationship is predatory and gross did i go like oh like and feel taken aback and feel like 
really, I guess, like emotionally manipulated by this film, um, which I kind of feel like is what the film is trying to do in a sense. And I'm not sure how much of that is because like it's biopic and it's about a person that like really, uh, really exists um, and really had this life. And um, maybe a fictional character is easy to relate to and project onto. Um, But then at the same time, you can say that for um, someone of her status, uh, like celebrities are people that we go and we project onto. as a like as 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 if they are characters and um i guess yeah for me if i if i had to really like say one thing that i feel like was missed it it would be that it would be it just needed that um just a little bit more emotional weight behind it for me um to what otherwise is a really fantastic film Mm. I think what kind of drives my interest for this movie is just how uncinematic it is in that we watch, you watch Elvis and every single scene is like, this is the build up. It's like, it's every single scene is kind of built like this Avengers moment where you're watching the build up to this reveal or to the, the cool, the cool moment where Captain America picks up Mjolnir spoiler for Endgame. Uh, or something like that, you know, like every single scene in Elvis is kind of like that, but it's specific to Elvis's life. So it's like, this is when he sang this song. And this is when he did that one iconic thing, which to me loses all anything. So I don't recognize any of it. So it felt silly. If anything, so it's like, watch him wait. And then he does a thing that means nothing to you. So this movie, though, it's interesting because it doesn't have any of that. It's very much, it feels very, I'm going to use the word, the term slice of life, which is incorrect. It's not a slice of life film, but in the sense of that, it's not a cinematic story it's telling. It's a very personal and grounded story, which I think that spoke to me quite, quite well. And especially in comparison, we're going to do the one thing that we said we should do at the start of this show and we never ever do is compare the two films we're actually talking about. Uh, I think in comparison to Elvis, Priscilla works so much better because of it, simply because it's not trying to be this event movie. It's just a story about this person's life and the horrible shit that she went through. And I don't know. I think that just, that I think this movie's gained a bit of respect from me after watching Elvis just because of it, really. I and I'm actually curious how how I would have felt if I'd watched Elvis first and then Priscilla. I'm curious to see if I maybe I would have preferred Priscilla even more. Like I would have enjoyed it even more having watched Elvis previously. So I have a lot of respect for the movie in that way. Um, what I find really cool actually was something I was just thinking about just beforehand, and also what I was thinking about. Uh, on watching Elvis is at the end of Elvis when he 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 ditches Tom Hanks he says fuck you colonel I don't want to be with you anymore and then the colonel's like all right well you owe me eight million dollars and something whatever and then Richard Roxburgh god rest his soul he's not dead I just love him uh is like 
we're broke champ we need to uh go back to the colonel because we can't do this and elvis goes no i don't want to and he throws a bunch of chairs around and it's this emotional scene where you know he's throwing a bunch of chairs around it's like oh he's so angry and he's oh the poor wounded artist dub 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 and then you watch like priscilla and when he throws a chair in that movie it's just straight up spooky and fucked up that he did that and it really shines a different light to the same it shines it shines a completely different uh well, sorry not shines a light but provides a different perspective on the same behavior that we saw in the two films and i think that's what's actually probably what's most interesting about putting these two movies together it's just kind of how the 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 kaleidoscope prism that elvis has put through depending on which permutation you've done for which movie i don't know i think what do you think of that i just find it that really interesting i mean yeah it's it's like obviously this is designed this movie's designed from the perspective of i don't know if it it's elvis as an inherently bad person but elvis as a person who does a lot of things that are bad um i think we can i think i see where you're coming from but i'd like to kind of just say that i think an abuser is a bad person so Yes, I'm gonna say yes. I see where you're yes. coming from. I see where you're coming from. Yeah, and okay. then I'm gonna put an asterisk next to that and and <sighs> We're just get comment canceled. on. <laughs> We're gonna get cancelled. <laughs> no, it's it's like obviously no. I don't think that is the behavior of a good person. But sure. I am also aware, or rather, the film puts a really strong focus on the fact that he had a really big problem with drug addiction. Sure. And, um the fact that he um, made a lot of choices in his life prior to the, like the start of the film that has ended up in a position where he's incredibly lonely. He's um, ends up in this relationship that is not good. Um, mm. And um, uh, frankly, it's like, it's uh, make like that part of, <clears throat> sorry that's okay like, yeah. <laughs> like act is like makes him bad but mm. at the same same time it's a much deeper look into it than what we see in in Baz Luhrmann's film where it's a, this very shallow like oh well he's famous and he fell in love and odds oh, tangent by the way but it's not important because he's cool and he served in the army because he was too sexy um too sexy for prison at least too, he was too sexy for prison um and i feel like yeah priscilla shows him as a more nuanced character and yes. um i also think um i i, I think jacob Elordi has more like almost natural charisma um to his performance um i think there's a I, can i can i say what my what i think jpg yeah, Lordy has sure. like makes this a better performance austin butler fine actor whatever he doesn't have the natural like thing to elvis that that elvis that El, that elvis version character needs jacob lordy however 
has a natural I want to punch him in the face ness to him that this Elvis needs so he plays it better I don't know I think I'm done with Jacob Elordi by the way I'm done can he leave um, I don't need him I, I actually think he, he has a very uh, strong presence as Elvis it never made me like pull out and go like oh this is someone playing Elvis I'd agree with that um, yeah I I I feel like that happened a couple of times um with um uh Austin Butler's performance but um mm-hmm. with uh Jacob Awardy it very much feels like a more um grounded version of the character um and I mean part of that's due to the fact that we're not seeing these super outlandish scenes it's less um i guess uh how do you describe it like blockbustery or event yeah eventish um but even things like the um the way the cinematography is done is much more um conservative it's yes uh tighter and um restricted in terms of location which uh, uh which which is uh in turn uh, because of its much more restricted budget um which also services the plot though because priscilla was forced to remain in specific locations because elvis was trying to control her mm, so like it, um, they, they worked that as a as a mm, bonus to the film um, benefit yeah yeah and i think it's um definitely it's definitely like less flashy oh, um so much so much less flashy um <laughs> so much whatever it, i think i think it really just allows it to hit those emotional moments a little bit harder um mm. and um for the most part like, I, I again like I, I i know i keep saying like oh i think it could have done this better but it is it is still very good and it does hit um, a lot of the beats that it wants to hit quite well. Um, yeah. And yeah, it just, for me, happens to fall just a little bit flat. I think once again, the subject matter just is something I don't care about. Like, I just don't care about Elvis. I give a, I care about uh, abuse and I care about um, someone breaking free of that. But the actual character of Elvis is just something I don't, I've, I don't have any connection to Elvis, so I can't, you can't get, I can't give you a, 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 what's it called? An emotional reaction that maybe other people who have a bigger connection to this celebrity has. You uh, know what I mean? I feel, I feel like to the same extent, like if your movie is based on the idea that you have to have a pre existing connection to a, personality yeah um, then the core of your movie is missing and i think what this movie does effectively is that like i knew that priscilla presley existed and i knew that she was around i think but i didn't really know much else and then starting trailers and stuff for this movie and read, learning a little like reading a little bit around it and going like oh yeah but realistically going into this movie i knew a little bit about elvis 
I didn't know anything about Priscilla. And I think, I don't think the movie rely, like relies on you having any knowledge of who she is because you see her as a character develop. You see her um, like almost grow, grow out of naivety. Um, yeah. Um, throughout the course of the film. Um, and a, yeah, a lot of it is like, feels a bit hard to watch because you're looking at a situation where someone's being um, manipulated and it's out of their control. They're, um, the this whole start of this of the film is about uh her getting invited to this celebrity's house that is would be completely um uh like out of the realm of reality um yeah it, it, it it's like not only do you like get to meet your celebrity crush sort of thing but like he's also interested in you and there's sort of a like lack of judgment that um the character has because of that and because of the character's age or because of priscilla's age at the time and um you like you're left questioning like like why is all this doing this like what what's his motivation why her parents okay with it and sort of like delving into that a bit and i was going somewhere with this um (laughs) i guess just like you see her go from like that sort of completely starstruck um child to um a woman who understands and recognizes her own um agency um and mm. the, I mean, you got this. It's, I believe it's, in you. it's almost like you kind of want to see a little bit more of it. You kind of want to see a little bit more of that growth. And some of it just feels a little bit like sporadic. Um, the movie does kind of end right when she's gained it as well. So is that kind of what you're saying? It, or? Well, I, I think it ends at the right spot, but I feel like. So I was going to say, I think it ends at the right spot too. <laughs> it ends at the right spot, but. I feel like we almost should have seen her come into our own a little bit earlier. Sure. Um, and sort of try and gain, like try and push back against the control and try and gain a little bit of agency. Um, yeah. Whereas I feel like it almost comes off as a little bit rushed. Um, that's fair. Yeah, but the but yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I have much more to say. Well, I was just gonna. I, this is a conversation I had with the friend I saw this movie with after it finished. Uh, I want to remind you guys that really leading up to watching Priscilla, I had done back to back House of Gucci and Ferrari about just a week earlier. And in general, there's just been a bunch of biopics that have come out recently that I'm now blanking on. But also, I think the biggest one would be Oppenheimer as well. That came out a while ago, but still, it's pretty prevalent. Everyone's talking about. Everyone's still talking about it. It's got all the Oscar buzz and all the thing. Yeah. And walking out of it, especially because this movie doesn't paint Elvis very flatteringly, 
and it's very dark and all that. And I understand that these types of stories are important to, uh, to represent. Like you need to tell this type of stuff because it not only educates people who maybe don't realize this is happening, but it also shows people who are going through this that they're not alone and they can get through it. What I had an I didn't have an issue with it, but what I thought about was just what kind of right do we have to these stories? These true, like, I just, I think I, I hit a point with just with bio, biographies where I was like, what right do we have to, to turn someone's life specifically into a movie? Cause I think if it's a book, then you're working at it. You're earning the right to look at the, to, to learn their life. Cause you're reading it. But as a movie, what right do we have to grab a bunk, grab some popcorn, walk in to a cinema and sit down and, and you basically use it as entertainment. As, no, I mean, that's, as, also, and, true. And that's also true of a, of a book. Like, I don't, no, I don't it's, think it's that, just, it just feels, the distinction there. It feels especially egregious as a movie. I don't, and I'm, I'm going to point out right away that my thought process on this is way fucked because I freaking love Oppenheimer. And I made like my number one movie last year. And like, I, I understand that I'm a bit of a hypocrite in this situation as well. And maybe even my view on it being a book versus a movie is bad, but I just feel like I've hit a point with biopics where I'm just wondering what right do we have to this? I think this one's interesting, especially because, um, and I don't know enough about the production of this movie to know how much influence um, she had on it, but Priscilla Presley was a executive producer on um, also this film as a writer. Um, that is because she wrote the book that the film is based on. I know, but well, <laughs> okay, the book by yeah, fair enough. But still, um, that does mean that she pro- she had a oh, like, she probably she had ghost, the influence. She, she ghost. She had ghost written, but not ghost written. She co-wrote, I guess. Co-wrote, um, yeah. And I feel like in a way that the fact that like she's involved with this gives it a little bit of like, um, I guess like it feels more ethical um, hmm. because it's like someone telling their own story to an extent. Um, but yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I think there's, there's a level of dramatization that we give to these to certain people um but i think it's less of a question of whether like whether we deserve the right to indulge in people through biopics specifically and more about whether we have the right to indulge in people as celebrities as as famous figures because you don't get a biopic about like joe on the street right yeah i get Um, you and part of being famous comes the like understanding that your public life and your private life have very blurred boundaries um and um like there's and there's heaps and heaps of media that addresses this um Mm -hmm. there's 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 so so many movies and tv shows and things like that that address this like blur between the like the private life and the and the public life of of celebrities um but i feel like with 
biopics a lot of the time, it it tends to be situations where either the person in question is no longer alive, mm-hmm. which is like then it becomes one of those things. Whereas, like, is it just a historical? narrative fiction then well because if you if you look at something like we did napoleon on the podcast i was napoleon gonna say napoleon napoleon's is, not a historical fiction it's just a fuck you to napoleon but but is napoleon a biopic or is napoleon a historical fiction um can it be both maybe it can i don't know uh, the same is true of of oppenheimer the same is same is true of Baz Luhrmann's Elvis. Um, the this this too. I oh no, Priscilla's alive. Um, Never mind. The same is true of um, Maestro about um, Leonard Bernstein. Um, does the fact that they've died give people the right to tell their story as a like a historical in a historical context yeah um for me the ones that are more ethically dubious i guess are the ones where it's people who still are alive and haven't fully consented to having their stories told uh, because everything is public information um so um and like, there's a handful of them out there. I can't think of any off the top of my head. I'm sort of like gravitating towards um, the Stephen Hawking one, the theory of everything, which I really liked at the time. Yeah, it was um, alright. But at the same time, it's like I don't know how much Stephen Hawking was involved in that, and yeah. um, like they take some liberties with his life, <laughs> um. And, I think, yeah. and yeah, and then at the end of the day, and we've talked about this before, a biopic is still a film, and a film is still something that we go to for entertainment, and yes. um, we want to be entertained by a film, whether like that's through like enjoyment or whether it's through like emotional catharsis, yeah. Um, and there's like liberties that are taken that uh mean that the what is true and what what is story is not always the same um and like that can be said here and that can be said of 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 almost every biopic because it's a it's not trying to paint things in a completely factual light it's it's a it's a it's still a narrative and it's still trying to elicit something from the audience yeah yeah, look, like, like I said, it was just a thought I had. I didn't think I had an answer to it. I just, I think I'm getting sick of biopics. There's just been so many, and a lot of them aren't good. So I'm just having a, I'm, I'm, I think I'm crashing. I'm crashing on the biopic. Is there any other Should ones coming out? How's the Bob Molly one coming out? <laughs> I don't know anything about Bob Marley. I don't care about Bob Marley. Um, 
Do you want to do some scores? Yeah, I was going to say let's do scores. Um, I think I went first last time, so you can go first. Um, sure. I gave Priscilla three people who definitely should have intervened much, much earlier, and one whom it sort of made sense they kind of kept their own business. Mm. I gave this movie three times I wanted to punch J.K. Bilotti in the face and the one time I wanted to knee him in the nuts. Uh, do we have any fan mail? Fan mail. Fan mail. I'm glad you've um changed the levels on that because that used to kill my ears. No, I can fix it if you want. No, I, I'm glad you did. Don't, don't, don't. No, stop. Don't do it. Fan mail. Oh, that's still okay. Fan mail. There we go. I fixed it. I gave you a compliment and you did the opposite. So I'm not happy. I have a little segment this week that I've been talking about. Did you bring it in from your car? Now I have to go get it. So give me two seconds. All right. I'll I'll stall. Bada bing, bada boom. You guys can what, listen to me eat uh, a chicken. Mm, yum, yum, yum. Chicken, chicken, chicken. I'm going to drop this on my pants. My nice beige pants. Cargo pants. Mmm, chicken. Mmm, yummy, yummy. If you live near Brunswick, get food from fat. They're pretty good. It's like old chicken. I could have done a... a mini meter on them today but I, I i didn't think to i did souls instead i'll do it next week no next week i don't know what i'm doing next week i'm trying to read american prometheus which is the book that uh, uh um, oppenheimer is based on obviously like oppenheimer is based on the life of uh oppenheimer but uh, American Prometheus is the book that Christopher Nolan points to, and he's like, "I'm doing that book." Anyway, um, Maxwell isn't back. Uh, I thought he'd be back sooner. Um, you guys read the Grant Morrison Justice League, uh, run? It's pretty good. Oh, Max is back! Fuck! Finally, thank God. I'm back! Yay! You're back. I brought with me the segment, and the segment is called Film Buff. Oh no! Is this a is this a trivia thing? I have two hundred cards with trivia questions on them. That's embarrassing. Time, out of myself. Every time we don't have fan mail. I'm going to ask Mitch a question oh, no. from, the, from the cards at random. Oh, it's going to be so embarrassing if I if we get like a bunch of hard ones at the start and I can't do them. All right. I got, a, I got six questions on the card. I got a little dice. Sure. So I'm going to roll the dice. Like, do you want to just run down the card and I can do all six questions? That's like a lot in for the segment. Do we need that Is much it? for one segment? I don't know. How quick would it be? All right. Well, let's do one card and we'll see how it goes. Well, how many cards do you have again? I have 200 cards. I think we'll be fine. We'll have okay. 200 episodes. Okay. Um, this one is a quote. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
I want you to tell me the character and the movie. Oh, God. Okay. Uh, get out of my way, son. You're using my oxygen. Can I have a clue? Is there a clue system to this? No, I don't, ha- I don't have any clues. It's only what I know about the movies. I don't know a lot about this movie. <sighs> would I know this movie? Is this a movie I, I would you, know? I think you would know of this movie. I don't, this doesn't, this sounds familiar, but I don't think I know it. I, I'm going to have to. based on a book. Get out of my way, son. You're using my oxygen. Is it Dirty Harry? Uh, it is One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. <laughs> Fuck, I watched it once, like, ages ago. Okay, yeah. Would it, would it have been Jack Nicholson's character? The uh, main I don't dude? know. It is McMurphy. I think that's Jack Nicholson's character. Mr. 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 Cuckoo's Nest himself. All right, question two. What is Kate Blanchett's occupation in Tar? Conductor. That's correct. Okay, thank God. I haven't seen which, Tar. <laughs> which song from The Wizard of Oz won the 1939 Oscar for Best Original Song? Oh, it's surely Somewhere Over the Rainbow. That is correct. Yep. Who directed Gosford Park and The Player? I have no idea. Can you, you give me a hint? Guess? Is it um, someone I know? It's someone you'll have heard of. Is it Sophia Coppola? It is not Sophia Coppola. <laughs> is it Francis Ford Coppola? It is not a Coppola. <laughs> uh, well, that's the two anyway that I know. Um... um let me let me give let me see if I can give you a clue. How many have I got so far? I've got three out of six. I'm not I'm I'm thirty percent. Okay, I passed this one well, at least. No, you got two out of three. So oh, far. we're up to we're up to four. We're up to question four. Fuck. Okay, I need to get two, um, at least one more. Now I'm fifty percent. Um, he is a five-time nominee for the Academy Award for Best Director. Could be anything. Could be um. Anything. He directed other movies as well. Uh, including, Are they too obvious if you say them? Uh, I don't know. I can. I can. I'll just. I'll start. I'll go uh, number six <laughs> on 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 Google and work backwards until you give me an answer. I okay. have McCabe and Mrs. Miller. What the fuck? I have shortcuts. Oop. I have the player. You already said that one. I have Nashville. Oh, no, I'm not going to get this guy. I, I have I, The Long Goodbye. No. Nah. And I have MASH. I don't know who directed MASH. It is Robert Altman. I wouldn't have got that. I would never have got that in my life. Which actor co-choreographed Singing in the Rain? Wouldn't it have been the main guy? Um, I can't remember his name. Shit. Uh, He's very it, famous. It's the main guy. It's the main dude. Yeah, Isn't what's it? his name? I don't remember his name. <laughs> um, it's like it's not. It's like it's like Gene something. Yeah, Gene Kelly. It is Gene Kelly. Oh, thank fucking Christ! <laughs> okay, fifty percent. We're good. I passed this one. <laughs> all right, and for all the marbles, which, which actor links? Are you there, God? It's me, Margaret. Sorry, are you there, God? It's me, Margaret. Mean Girls and Doctor Strange. 
Oh, well, going off of Doctor Strange and Mean Girls, it'd be Rachel McAdams. It I is haven't Rachel seen... McAdams. Okay, I, that was a guess just from those two. I haven't seen Are You There, God, It's Me, Margaret, though, so I was sweating there for a second. Congratulations, Mitch. You passed... Card one. You passed card one of Film Buff. Woohoo! Yay. And then we'll add in, um, like, a sound. That's what we're doing instead of fan mail. Yeah, guys, if you don't want to listen to that, or if you want us to do, like... Less questions. <laughs> you gotta write in. That's the yeah, only way you, you're gonna stop me. I have 200 cards. And then I actually have my own trivia game on my side as well, which I can either give to Max or I can start asking Max questions. You sure? I have I have a, a a a movie trivia game over here as well. I don't know if it'll act the exact same way, but we can use that as well. So between us, we have over 200 cards. <laughs> That's 200 episodes. More than. At least. At least. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's just up. That's like, what, four years? Just consider <laughs> that when you go, uh, maybe I should write some fan mail. Oh, no, it'll be fine. If you don't write us the fan mail, you have to listen to this. You, it's four years, boys and girls, it, and, and, and non-binaries. It's four, that's a long time. <laughs> I fucked up. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to go gendered. I just... It slipped out. I'm sorry. Oh, no, my, oh, no, my agenda slipped out. Ah, you can't do that. It's indecent exposure. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you very much. This has been the Blockbuster Podcast. I've been Mitch. And I've Mitch? been Max. What type of Max? Um, Southern Max. Southern. <laughs> I'm Southern Max. All right, I'll switch mine then. Uh, um, um. Oh, hold on. You know what I'm gonna do? I am Dutch Mitch. <laughs> and I and I'm Southern Max. Do can send us questions, reviews, and volunteer hate mail at I've just become Dracula at blockbustedparty <laughs> at gmail dot It's me, Jack, Dracula, Tom I Hanks. S- I I sucked Elvis's blood, but his blood was actually money. Oh, oh, oh. And his freedom. <laughs> and his ability to go to my homeland, Transylvania. <laughs> uh, that's party spelled P-O-D-D-I-E. You can also find us on X, the, which is formerly known as Twitter. Instagram and TikTok at the username BBPotty. Do you understand how hard it is to do TikTok with an accent? I don't know why, but I always, I don't know if you have this issue, but I just can't say the word TikTok. I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm just talking about TikTok. I feel like Americans are cheat one because like every American says the TikTok. 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 What, there we go. What, what accent do you want me to do? This is not the easy. I'm trying to do the Dutch. Accent. That, do the Deutsch? The do, not the Deutsch. It's not Deutsch. It's a Dutch accent. Oh, no one yes. care about the safety? Fuck you. I have to be the one who edits this one. <laughs> anyway, please leave a five-star review. It means we can get on the charts and more people can see us. And also, it makes us feel good in our tum-tums. We might end up getting paid if you do. That's not why we're doing it. But we're not we're not doing this to get paid, but if we get paid, it makes this a little easier. <laughs> and speaking of getting paid, right? So, um, wait, we actually didn't discuss how we're doing this. No, we didn't. Are we gonna do it in this episode? 
next week there's going to be a special episode coming out to you and i'm going to explain more stuff in that episode so keep an eye out in your podcast there's gonna be for- there's gonna be two episodes next week one of them's a special one one of them's a more normal one and just but just keep an eye out because uh we're we're trying some new stuff yeah it's gonna be a taste tester it's gonna be where we try something new uh it's very highly likely to not be good but we're trying and but you we'll never see. know um, it could be good and if it's good we'll make more and if it's bad we'll probably still make more if you don't like it i just want you to know that we've burnt ourselves at both ends of the candle to make it work so we, you better we really like have it. we are both working full-time and trying to see like three movies don't a week spoil what it is <laughs> don't spoil no, because there's only like one extra movie per week i've been seeing more than that i also no. have seen been saying more than that but i yeah. was giving every the audience the benefit of the doubt i was i was not just cut this out yeah i'm cutting this out anyway this week uh don't don't um don't don't get into silly sexual relationships with people you shouldn't just be a responsible adult um don't don't have a don't don't use your drug problem don't make your drug problem someone else's problem be an adult take responsibility don't do drugs (laughs) you didn't say anything (laughs) i didn't know what to say (laughs) it was a psa i was was gonna make it i was gonna say like something something affirmative consent and then i'm like how do i work that into a joke (laughs) Is that a joke? I don't think that's a joke. I think that's just a thing people should do. Hi, I'm Saul Goodman. Did you know that you have rights? The Constitution says you do, and so do I. I believe that until proven guilty, every man, woman, and child in this country is innocent.